Colonel, I'm trying to sneak around. <laughs> you, can, you can clap your stumps together. Uh, I think everything should be... <clears throat> I don't know, is it? I don't know, is it? That was... Yeah, that, that's pretty loud. I'm pretty loud. Yeah, it's pretty loud. That's about yeah. where we want it. There, there we, we go. go. That's more like it. There. Ta-da. I just bass boost every time I talk to her. I still don't. So, people who listen regularly probably know how jacked up the um, philosophical bumper is. It's very jacked up. I don't <clears throat> know what causes that because when you listen to the raw file on just Windows Media Player, it sounds fine. But you put it into Audacity and it's just like. Eh. You know, like. Yeah. Huh. So, Maybe it has something to do with your project um, frequency that you're recording in. Maybe so you're like only recording in CD quality. Uh, maybe. So if you up the the project rate, maybe that would fix it. I could try that, yeah, because um, and maybe the MP3 compression is it's also uh, part of the problem. Yeah, because well, it sounds like that in the in the editor too, like when you're oh when you're yeah, playing it back. Uh, I've tried well, like declipping and lowering the volume. Did but it, it do still that does when it. you were using uh, Audition? Nope. nope, it was uh. It was just fine back then. Um, I went back and listened to a couple episodes from before to double check, and it uh, it's still a little weird. So apologies for the ear rape, but then that almost makes it more funny. So mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I will try to mitigate the eardrum destruction, or you can just hit the skip forward. But how could you on one of our beautiful bumpers? <laughs> Which is funny because all the rest of them are actually... They're very short and like yeah. tame. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except for the one. The one we will Except release the one. one day. Someday. 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 <sighs> well, we're all together in this in the studio once more. Coming at you audibly live. <laughs> at the at the time of this recording. We are um, all live. Yes. Uh, it's a good chance we'll still be live when it goes up. It's just uh, <laughs> well, right now is all I can guarantee. When the episode even goes then, up, can we truly guarantee it? Well, the when the episode. Uh, goes up that is a sure sign that at least i'm alive yeah um what i mean otherwise. i f- i feel like i could you could i yeah. could put this thing you could together. publish it posthumously yeah yeah actually no i couldn't because i don't know james's pc password oh right we have to we'll have to mitigate that um that yeah <laughs> what was uh oh sh- you guys were gonna do an episode when i was on vacation in montana last last year that's yep. right. But then we didn't. And I completely neglected. And we didn't. Because I almost never turned my PC off, but that was like the one time I t- <laughs> it was uh, it was locked out. But oh well. We uh, oh we made do. Hell. Um made deer. Deer. That's one Little Mountain Dew. That was one bit we forgot last week is the Well it's not our bit. Zay Frank it's Frank it's not our imitation. Bit. I mean we do a lot of bits that are in fact other people's bits. True. It's We're a loving sort of homage, a, like a like a bit cover band, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> um, and now for something completely different: a man with a tape recorder up his nose. <laughs> but yeah, we're we're here recording together, and it's uh, for once actually a pretty nice sunny day outside. Yeah, it was rather gloomy before, 
Um, and it's going to be gloomy again later, but oh well. Holy Week is upon us, basically. We're not quite there yet. Yes. But well, it, we will be there by the time this is uploaded yep. because we will. We've often thought about how, like, the first half of Holy Week is, like, so anticlimactic. Because you have Palm Sunday, which is great, you know, going over the whole, like, accounts, depending on the year, in the Gospel of uh, of the Passion. And uh, and then you go to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, nothing. I mean, except for Chrism Mass. The odd place that does a Tenebrae. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, yeah, the week doesn't. The Holy Week doesn't really begin till Thursday, after after Palm Sunday. Anyway, I've always found that kind of kind of fascinating. It's like, oh great, get all hyped up and wait three days. Wait three days, huh? Well, until the waiting three days. <laughs> wait, three, wait three days. Wait three days. Yep. The the pre three day wait three day wait. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I I didn't know that. Uh, I think I was listening to. Uh, Clerically speaking, they were answering a question about this, like, wait, how was it three days Jesus was in the tomb? I was like, well, I always understood as like including his third day. Yeah, third day, not on three the days. third day yeah. he rose, not for seventy-two hours, but yes, um, but th- day yeah, the one third day. is when he died. Day Look, two is Saturday when he's chilling. Mm-hmm. Day three tomb. is resurrected. Mm-hmm. It was on the third day. Yep. So. Day doesn't always mean an exact 24-hour period in biblical terms. Yep. Or in any terms. Yeah. Right. Day is understood more as like a a block of time than a unit of time, I suppose. Like, I mean, obviously it's 24-hour periods, but like usually when somebody's referring to a day, they mean the daylight hours. Yeah, usually it's bookended by maybe the night. a 12-hour period. Yeah. As we typically understand it. Um... But yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to Easter. I think overall, I think Lent's gone pretty well. Mm-hmm. I haven't been I've been able to mostly maintain my disciplines. So the 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 two I cared the most about anyway. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, all the same, it'll be nice to be able to uh, to celebrate the glory of the resurrection. Indeed, upcoming. Um, it hasn't been that long since we recorded episode 100, so I'm trying to think of what else, what we haven't talked about yet. No, we, because... Uh, Why can't we just banter? We can. Let's just do that. Okay. We don't need to catch up on anything. Ca- no. We're, yeah, we don't we're, need to catch them up are, either. It's our life. caught that, up. Yeah. We're, we're all caught up. It's my life. <laughs> it's now or never. I'm not going to live forever. Can't read my. Can't read my. <laughs> <laughs> and after all, you're my wonder all. Uh, how long were we doing that at that? One I don't bonfire? know. There's one bonfire where we were. I was. You fidgeting. had your guitar out, and so you were just doing whatever chords. Yeah. Well, no, I was. I was fidgeting. I was just like pounding on the. Um, oh right. On the armrests with with the uh, good old "We Will Rock You" rhythm, and then and then we just kept. Uh, Today was going to be the day that we... <laughs> and we just started singing bits of other songs and kept inserting You're My Wonderwall in every... <laughs> in awkward places. Because it was funny and we were having a good time. Yes. Nobody, like the, I don't know, 10 other people at the bonfire couldn't care less, but we were having a grand old time. <laughs> that happens pretty often when yeah. the three of us are together. <laughs> we're just off in our corner entertaining ourselves and everyone else is... 
completely oblivious and then there'll be a, a bunch of ruckus and it's like what is going on over there speaking of which i sincerely hope that one of these weekends it stays nice enough for us to have a yes. bonfire again yes we weren't able i've said this several times on the podcast never mind yeah we'll be able to use all that firewood yeah <laughs> we that uh i mean it should still be good we put a tarp over it for the winter so cool to uh, blow your sheet of tarpaulin yeah tarpaulin i didn't know that's what that was short for until uh until i watched a british show where they said tarpaulin uh, and i was like oh of course that's what it is of course it's that short for sense. something yeah tarp tarp Top. i think if nobody's done it yet we were watching uh i guess the last episode of attack on titan until a while until a while mm. um where, where they're like partying with the refugees or whatever. I think we're going to go ahead and make that where it's like they don't know I'm about to destroy the world. Like <laughs> <laughs> that, that one guy off in the corner while everyone else is partying. Me. I need to do that before somebody else does it. Somebody so. probably has done it on some subreddit somewhere. Maybe. But I'm going to make it cool. <laughs> um, in that I'm going to Google image search the meme format. Google image, image search Aaron. And maybe put a couple fezzes on the people in the foreground. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, go from there. Only the highest quality memes from you. Of course. The <laughs> once I make a meme about once a year originally. Um, gosh, I just... Did you find that one meme you sent me for my birthday about the, the Pepe tending his garden of memes? <laughs> or did you make that? I can't remember. Uh, no, I, I think I was... I was comb deep. Was that a gif? I think maybe there was a couple I did because, um, I aggressively combed the, the gifs. I aggressively comb gifs. So I don't just do like the first three that pop up. I just like screw around with the search terms and find like the most esoteric <laughs> ones I could find for, um, Riley's, uh, birthday greetings. Um, I know one year it was, well, I think every time it's been Pepe, but the one year it was, <clears throat> you know, he was walking along and then there's just a bunch of rats drinking out of the flat earth beneath his feet or something to that effect uh-huh. as Riley audibly pulls up the, uh, I don't even remember what year this was. So this might take a little bit. It could be, uh, yeah. Insert <clears throat> Jeopardy music. Anyway, it's funny. It gets pretty easy to keep track of stuff on one's Facebook profile when you stopped using it like two years ago. Because like, I'm like, I wonder if I can find this on my profile. Yeah, I should be able to scroll for like two minutes and find something. It's bound to be there somewhere. Not sure. Yeah. <clears throat> but 2020, July 2020. Here's 2020. Hey. Hey. What a time. I don't think it was 2020 that you posted that one, though. Yeah, because I don't think we were... L- no, I don't remember. One more year to ponder the sheer weight of existence. Oh, no, yeah. it was 2020. <laughs> oh, yes, it was the dog typing. <laughs> okay, back to 2019. Yeah, dang. The 20 the 2019, the uh the before times before podcast. Uh 1 year BC B-B-C-B-B. before cast. One, before one cast. year <laughs> British Petroleum. Um 
the audibly scrolling through Riley's profile. Um, this is content, people. This is, <laughs> such a, this is the best audio only content. Now we've this ever is produced. podcasting <laughs> because it's our podcast and we can do what we want. It's you, my podcast and I'll cry if I want to. I guess um, Bryant and I. This started when John was still here, but just going through and rewatching pretty much all of Phineas and Ferb. Yep, it was 2019. Dang! Oh, there it is. <laughs> what are those? Are those pangolins? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think they're pangolins. They're too scaly. But like, well, no, pangolins are scaly. Yeah, but they're they're also not straight up reptiles. Oh. Which these are so some sort maybe like a Komodo dragon or something. <laughs> Regardless, I was like, this is brilliant. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's brilliant. <laughs> That's part of what makes it brilliant. Exactly. It's like what was what is the caption? You are more than the sum of your fears. <laughs> that took me like a solid like ten minutes to find that one. Scrolling through the uh, gift keyboard on Facebook. Why use the gift keyboard on Facebook? That's where you find the gifts. Yeah, I that's uh, because when you when you try to link from outside Facebook, it just shows the link and it's lame, or like a freeze frame or something. I haven't figured out how to get it to work, huh. so I just use the built-in one. But yes, yeah, good Audible con- content. If you, um, email us uh, palladianpapist at gmail dot com <laughs> for complaints. If, if for complaints about audibly looking at memes <laughs> or, on <Riley's laughs> Facebook from three years ago, or if you want to email us an esoteric gift to review on the podcast, <laughs> that could be a new segment. If that we get enough segment. submissions, if we get enough submissions for that, I'd happily do it. <laughs> esoteric be... meme review. Uh, I'll uh, make a bumper. I'll, I'm saying it right here. I'll I'll make a bumper and everything if people submit enough memes. Audible memes. Yeah. So, audible meme review. <laughs> <laughs> and we just describe in, oh, the, the, this Pepe is dancing on a f- image of the flat earth that is rotating. We have, we have to read it. We have to f- track down the voice actor for all the Disney voice assisted thing for blind people and have her describe <laughs> the memes or just do it ourselves. That would work too. Um, Speaking of doing it ourselves. We're the Palladium Papists. I'm James. I'm Nathan. And I'm Riley. Speaking of esoteric, we're uh, what are we talking about today? We're going to be doing a super serial on Neon Genesis Evangelion. One day, three lads from North Dakota were bitten by a radioactive television. And with their powers combined, they are super serial! And I'm going to turn around because I don't like this. <laughs> Pause the recording. Yeah. Oh yeah, we can because we don't unless we want we even better audible content. <laughs> which I mean, I'm gonna move this mic stand and it's gonna like blow people's ears yeah, up. We'll, so we we'll should probably right stop. Here. Okay. Man, this, this is much better. I, I can <coughs> see Nathan now. Hello, hey. Riley. I can see you. Um, you could see me before. You just I, I couldn't could. see my face. I wish. I wish I, I had my head. I wish I had that. Or, or every time, like in the crunch, when they do that, that little music bit. When they like cut to something Everybody in the podcast, crunch on that. Well, it was like, bang, 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 like the, it was like, man, I just start grooving to that. And I was like, oh, wait, yeah, this is a podcast. <laughs> I wish I had that bumper. I could, I could probably find it. But anyway, yeah, super serial, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Super serial, indeed. Yeah, yeah we're uh, so this is, about, uh, is this show. Dang. The show was um, Quite a weird show. When you look at it on IMDb, it's spelled Evangarian, which I thought was mildly racist. But yeah, 
You see, Japanese doesn't really have a distinction between those sounds. I suppose, yeah. It's like they're sort of interchangeable. Mm. But but it's also just weird. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you can tell what it's supposed to be referring yep. to, and that's, you know, Evangelion, you can which is a Greek word, which has, you know, a, a lambda in it. So, like... Yeah. So I suppose this is one of the more famous anime series uh, from like the mid late nineties. It's the right smack dab in the middle. Oh, ninety five. Okay. Dang. All right. All I've seen of this is the first couple of episodes and the two movies at the end of the series with John. And it which was we rather, will not be covering because they are weird, horny teenager stuff. Which, in fairness, is the show too. But, oh, right. But not as explicitly. But, but certainly not as explicitly, and not <clears throat> not approaching the level of weirdness that the movies gets to. Yeah, it, and the I, movies I, came out early to mid two thousands, right? Late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Yeah. Ninety seven, I think, was the first. Was when End of Evangelion was released. So imagine they melded like everything about Nirvana with the mind of a teenage Japanese boy, and you have the aesthetic of the movies. That's kind of it. That's a fairly accurate statement. But anyway, <laughs> disregarding anyway. the movies for now, how does this show begin? So we are following the adventures, if one can call them that, of one Shinji Ikari, who is a 14 year old boy who is. Very depressed. And boy, is he a fourteen-year-old boy. Boy, is he a fourteen-year-old boy? He has, boy. He, you know, it's, it's everything. Just think about every stereotype of fourteen-year-old boy that is depressed that you can think of, and he fits the bill. Mm-hmm. Except for Wake he wears white button-up, like. Wake me up except for he doesn't wear black. He wears a white t-shirt and jeans mm-hmm. all the time. So. He is a just a kid. He's vibing in Tokyo 3, the post-apocalyptic you know, future fortress city after the, some calamity that we don't really know much about that basically caused all of humanity to go into hiding. So the, the basic threat against humanity is these creatures called angels, which are these alien-looking things that show up and... Uh, just want to destroy. They want to break things. They want to kill. They want to beat things up. And Japan being Japan, they're like, we must build Gundams to fight we them. We must build giant robot to get rid of. That is how you fight aliens, with giant mech suits. That is correct. This is not Pacific Rim. This is the way. <laughs> it is not Pacific Rim. Because <clears throat> we don't really yet know where the angels come from. And certainly not in the Mariana Trench. <laughs> so, but yes. So Shinji sort of gets co-opted into piloting one of the Ava units, as they're called. Um, because his dad is a, a hotshot on the program. He's kind of the, the guy who runs the operations of the secret government organization known as NERV. And um, so, yeah. His dad wants him to pilot. So he's a nerve agent, one might say. He's a nerve agent. <laughs> Continue. <Yeah. laughs> his dad wants him to pilot a machine, him being an edgy, rebellious teenager and hating his dad. Wants nothing to do with that. In fairness, he has good reason to hate his dad, but we'll get into that. Mm. Um, he doesn't want to because he's like, no, screw you, dad. I'm not going to pilot your stupid robot. He's like, okay, I'll get this girl to do it for me because she got 
mortally wounded in the last day of a fight with an angel, but we're going to send her out again because no one else will. He's like, girl, I like girl. I guess I'll do it to spare girl. So he goes and fights robot and is very bad at it, but he's apparently good enough to get the job done. So he succeeds in beating up his first angel. Yay. Yay. <laughs> and it blows up in cruciform pattern because Christian symbolism. Mm-hmm. Nominal Christian symbolism. Non- yeah, I mean, but Christian symbolism nonetheless. It's We'll, we'll get into that. So the, the thrust of the narrative arc is there's more robots, more each, and... Uh, more Ava pilots, more 14-year-olds thrown into the mix, and more angels that continuously come. And so Shinji fights them off and explores new things about himself and new facets of his life that he doesn't want to deal with as it goes on. And so uh, in comes Asuka, who's a fiery red-headed 14-year-old, half-German, half-Japanese um, prodigy of Ava piloting, who inexplicably has spawned a a whole trove of Asuka's a Christian memes, like talking to Joe Rogan and such. But yeah, it's there's a whole meme page <laughs> devoted to it. It's funny. <laughs> Asuka's this is where the that least comes Christian from. character in this show, but this is where that comes from. But she's also relatable. So yeah, she's like. The best Ava pilot by a long shot. You know, she's like kind of the opposite of everything. Shinji. Yeah, sort of uh, set up as a foil to Shinji. She's like, you know, headstrong, you know, knows what she wants, is willing, has the ambition to go get it. But that has its downsides because mm. when she fails in battle, she doesn't succeed and has to rely on Shinji to come and fix everything at the end of the day. She's like, what well, is my life come to? Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm a southern man all of a sudden. <laughs> but Manically depressed. I, if if I ain't the best Ava pilot, I don't know what my point in life is. <laughs> Manically depressed and obsessed with women sounds like southern life to me. Apologies to any southern people. <laughs> we Sorry, love you. Felix. I related I, to a bunch of them. I, it's know fine. You, I know you're listening. <laughs> but anyway... So he, um, yeah, Oscar kind of has a, a breakdown and fails to, she just doesn't show up to, to pilot the Avas anymore. And so, um, they bring in another kid who is weird and just kind of, nobody quite gets him, but, you know, he's, he's a, he's a warm body, so he's... He's useful to, to pilot the robots to fight the angels, but psych, he's an angel in disguise. What? Oh, so, no. So Shinji has a big old battle with him, and he's not very important beyond that. He just kind of, gotcha. Happens. What? What the twist? And now here's where things get interesting. Okay. This is where the weird esoteric stuff starts happening. So, in another sort of plot thread... Um, Shinji's supervisor slash surrogate mom. Um, why am I blinking on her name? Purple Misato, hair. Purple oh, hair yeah. lady. Um, Miss Misato is 
investigating the inner workings of Nerve because she kind of has some suspicions. And Where does all this wild technology comes from? Also, blue hair girl. Blue hair girl. Where did she come from? Why does she have blue hair? Why does she have any, not have any sort of human feeling whatsoever? Why does she look exactly like Shinji's mom? Why does she? Why, why does? Why? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Questions She's, we may or may not find the answers to. So what is it exactly she has going on, one might say? Looking like Shinji's mom. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shinji's mom <laughs> is absorbed into a robot. <laughs> Oh goodness! Yeah, that's a thing. So in the in the course of the experiments, it's heavily implied that uh, Shinji's mom was also uh, working on the project. And the the thing with the Avas is that you sort of like mentally fuse with them, kind of sort of because sure. they're sort of kind of alive thinking things in addition to being robots. Uh, so that follows. She kind of got absorbed into Ava, into uh, Shinji's Ava. Oh. So he's been riding in his mom's robot. He's been riding in his mom's robot. Neat. Or in his robot mom. Something However you like would that. like to see that. Huh. And uh, let's see what else is going on. Oh, yeah. Ray is heavily implied to be a clone of Shinji's mom. Uh-huh. And, you know, Gendo, Shinji's dad, is much more caring and affectionate towards Ray than he is his own son. Naturally. Naturally. Being that uh, it's highly probable Ray is a some sort of genetic modification of his mom. Mm-hmm. And th- the dad was involved in the creation of her? More than likely. More than likely? Creepy. Heavily implied. Heavily implied. There's there's not a lot of, here's exactly what happened in this sure. thing. They, they leave a lot of room for interpretation. But there's a lot of clear evidence that... Uh, makes that conclusion feasible neat and so, so um misato discovers that gendo has been working on this thing called the human instrumentality project mm-hmm. and i doubt he's been pe- teaching people piano no <laughs> he's turning the people into instruments not giving them instruments to use not so musical living instruments. pianos <laughs> living pianos um, instruments so as in they're, tools. They've they've got this primordial angel they've dubbed Adam. Um, Naturally, that's what you call that. Mm-hmm. Chained up in the basement, and are, uh, that's a probable reason why the angels continue to ass- assault their base. Yeah, that makes given sense. Given that they've got you know what is assumed to be one of their progenitors locked up down there. And they're they're using Adam for something related to the human instrumentality project, like extracting genetic materials from him to modify humans. Unclear. Like so, that you can give them uh, new powers, like shooting bees. Unclear. This is a Bioshock. It is yes. A bioshock. Yes. <laughs> Possible. Who knows? Who knows? Okay. Minus a lot less drugs. What is clear is that they're kind of. Turning people into things. They're just... Unseemly this activities. This is lots of philosophy allegory that we'll get into mm-hmm. in, in a bit. At least in my opinion. And uh, Shinji is kind of victim number one of the, the human instrumentality project. And so he kind of gets sucked into this thing. 
and has all these weird, crazy, esoteric flashbacks and confronts his own self-loathing and hatred and through the course of it realizes that he must embrace human connection and that hating himself is unproductive and will never lead him to happiness, which he's considered, you know, he's built something of a friendship with people at his school and some of the other Ava pilots and he's starting to believe that life could be meaningful and life could be it's possible to be happy and so he, mm-hmm. he rejects human instrumentality and embraces community and friendship is that where all the and then when he accomplishes the, that there's the congratulations there's the congratulations bit at the end ah. <laughs> this is all my interpretation it's like Different people have different takes on what all that means. Because it's fairly ambiguous. It's incredibly ambiguous. And there's Which like, is equal parts fascinating and frustrating. So yeah, it's one of those things that you kind of just have to see. Sure. And uh, would not recommend for the childs. It's not, uh, it's not for that. Absolutely. But Shinji does uh, teenage boy things. Shinji's a teenage boy and has visions pertaining to things that teenage boys think about. Yeah. And it's add Japanese to that mix, and it's uh, it's a it's a ride. Just that sensibility, the different sensibilities to it. Yeah. But uh, it's very intriguing and thought provoking, and it really does. The you know ninety percent of the show is. Shinji fights in robot against Angel. And then the last several episodes are just acid drip. What is the meaning of life? Kind of reflective thing. Like at one point during the movies, it just cuts to real footage for like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, they like they just show random people B-roll. sitting in a like a theater. Watching. Facing towards the camera. <laughs> yeah. And they ah. just start awkwardly clapping. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. And then just a bunch of B-roll of Japan for some reason. And I think one theory I read was that it was the director like teasing fans for giving the first movie such a bad rap. So he's like, all right, you want to see something cool? Here's you. This is what you look like to me. Or something like that. It's all Take it's a moment to wild. reflect on yourself. Uh, metaphorically, literally. Sometimes I wonder if interviewing that director is a little bit like reading a Bots of New York post. Yeah. Anno's kind of a funky dude. Well, um, I guess what are some cool, what are some cool things in the show? That what, what are some redeeming qualities, one might say? Well, I think a lot of the show is redeeming qualities, but there's, there's, it's a, there's artistic. a few. It's, the, it's like it's, the, um, well, we all get into beauty. We'll get into that. I think the character work is one of the most easily accessible, interesting points. Mm-hmm. It's like there are a lot of characters in this show, and the the going theory is that they all represent different aspects of Ano's personality. Hmm. Shinji is kind of the most representative of him at that age, kind of his immaturity sure, and depressed teenage boyness uh, Asuka represents his creative ambition and talent sort of the go-getter but also, but also when she doesn't go get she when, does, feels when doesn't crushed. get he is 
is unable to handle that healthily. Um, Ray is kind of his placid, submissive, go-along-with-whatever-the-world-is-shoving-down-your-throat kind of tendency, and yada, yada, yada. There's plenty mm-hmm. of other characters. But th- those are, like, the main couple of characters in the show that have direct analogs to him. The other characters are kind of interesting in their own right and are all kind of scarred by their families and and things that have happened to them as a result of the angels, which are, in fact, the fault of their fathers, more or less. Are the angels ever really explained, or are they just kind of there? One of the movies, or one of the spin-off things, talks about their origins, but they are kind of meant to be this ambiguous threat, which is not in itself all that important. Yeah. The important thing is that they're brought on... Um, that their their attacks are kind of this uh, inherited sins of the father kind of a thing, right? Where hence Adam, hence Adam, yeah, exactly. Who is sort of uh, crucified in a really weird way. And they have the spear of Longinus, yeah, because more Christian sim- symbolism mm-hmm. and imagery. And it's like a, a crazy super weapon. I don't know exactly, but it it's there. It's there. It's there. Uh huh. Yeah. So, would um, would talking about those symbolisms lead into the truth part, or is it like a? Uh, no, it, no, it wouldn't, because they don't have anything behind them. Uh huh. So it's just there for the sake of, hey, look, we're making a reference. That sounds vaguely familiar. Outstanding reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, people have tried to find connections with the things, but by and large, there's not a lot there. It's like how how in Halo things are called Halos and his name is John one one seven, but there's like no Christian theming beyond that. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. It's it's kind of more or less empty symbolism, which is meant to create sort of a mysterious aura, I suppose. Yeah, for an Eastern audience, an Oriental audience, these aren't necessarily like cultural background things they're super familiar with. Like, sure, the Christianity exists in Japan, but it was actively suppressed for most of Japan's history. Mm. Yeah. There was a long period where, I believe, uh, Francis Xavier started a bunch of, uh, St. Francis Xavier started a bunch of Catholic communities in Japan, and then um, it was persecuted for, like, two, three hundred years after that, until the West basically forced Japan to open up and priests were allowed to return. And even well into the mid-20th century, and it wasn't really until post-World War II when everyone chilled down a bit because the whole world just exploded and that wasn't a fun time. No. That they realized maybe we should be chill. So I guess it's like similar to how Western culture, like Hollywood movies, will include some East Asian uh, elements to be, ooh, mystical. Ooh, this is spooky and different orange filter on everything foreign you are unfamiliar (laughs) yeah okay yeah that's that's kind of what it's there for case in point kansas in wizard of oz (laughs) sepia tone because it's foreign and strange (laughs) i think the point of it being different conversation but the point of it being sepia tone is it because it's boring and average Right, because that was like the first major like 
film in color, and so having Oz be weird and colorful was the thing that was like, oh, this is an escapism, whereas mm-hmm. the boring expected was. Anyway, that's a different topic. Different topic. So, Any other, what other cool things are there? The pacing is interesting. It's, it is very... Like, I have seen none of the show <laughs> aside from uh, the uh, theme song, which we'll get to in the beauty bed, I bet. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of, like... There's a lot of, like, quiet moments from what I've seen of it. Yeah. I, I like it. Punctuated by action, but no music. Very little music, it seems like, beyond the theme song. There is There are occasionally musical numbers like but it's kind of like a studio ghibli film and that you'll just go for a long stretch where it's just silence dead silence you know they're taking the atmosphere there is a lot of cicadas that's a the one perennial sound bit that gets used did one and, of them just get stuck in the recording studio <laughs> no it's, just it's japan and japan in august that's that's the setting mm-hmm. so yeah cicadas are a thing and they go or what it very means. loud and delirious in, and it, in, in and it made John angry when he was watching it and I'm like it's, <laughs> a, it's supposed to it's supposed to be grating he rather hates cicadas I mean uh, who doesn't yeah there's nothing there's no good in them cicadas more like cicadas am I right hey. up top <laughs> <laughs> got him got him <laughs> but uh yeah that's the 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 cool sound bit that they use to cicadas are used frequently in that sort of thing to be like symbolize that just like the the time dragging on and just everything being kind of samey feeling and life doesn't feel like it's going anywhere mm-hmm. like when you're 14 for example like when you're 14 or you're and a, driving your mom bot to fight angels because your dad kidnapped their dad and also killed your mom. Sort yeah. of. And uh, also, if you were a, a mad scientist sending people messages through the microwave, that would uh, be another another time where life kind of feels all the same. How are all these it's, burritos cooked? They haven't been opened yet. No, why did the banana turn to goop? <laughs> also, is there a reason they exclusively pick uh early teenagers to drive these things aside from the demographic of the show i think there's a a throwaway reason that they they're the only people small enough to fit in the big no it's it's not a size thing it's it's about their mental disposition sure being open being angsty and Ah. sort of in flux at that stage of life your brain hasn't quite settled down yet valuable fueled by angst But yeah, I, I think it is something to do with the the flexibility and the the very in process identity. So, same reason children are conscripted into the army in Ender's Game, basically. That's a different story for a different day, but different story for a different podcast. Yep. So Less yeah. depression, more stoic mm. main character. So yeah, um. Should we get into some transcendentals? Can we get into them? We can get into some transcendentals. So, what truths can we find in Evangelion? You can find a lot. Well, Eva is the kind of the short name you throw out. Oh, okay. It's it's a long title. No one likes to say all that in one go all the time. NGA. NGE. NGE. Right. So. 
So truths, truths, truth. Um, depression is a thing, yes. and it it affects people in a very real way, and um, often debilitating ways. Often debilitating ways, and teenagers are especially susceptible to it. Just due to the nature of the that's, changes going that's on. Just how it be sometimes. Especially when your dad's a jerk and hates you and loves the the clone of your mom more than you. That can be a demoralizing thing, too. Yeah. Speaking from experience? or <laughs> <laughs> No. 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 <laughs> Why would you ask? <laughs> no. Also, existent- vague existential threat on top of it all. Yeah, it's, it's not even really a vague existential threat. It's a very real and uh, in-your-face existential threat. Mm. Uh, about uh, which represents little which represents a vague existential threat yeah in in the real world analog yeah but would that real world analog uh... well it's that's the symbolism behind the angels is a vague existential threat okay because the show was never about fighting robots if you thought it was you have fooled yourself Mm -hmm. because I guess, I, I mean, vague existential threat in the sense that, like, the angels and their origin are never, like, fully explained. In in this iteration of the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, that sort of adds, like, the lack of understanding what exactly you're being threatened by only increases the anxiety that induces, I suppose. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's, that's why you don't see a horror movie monster until the last act. Right. And also learning that is from like the from Nerve's perspective, it's it's uh, somewhat self inflicted, and in that they have one of their boys all jacked up in the basement, mm-hmm. yep, or something. And it's it's a giant room. It's yeah, it's a whole thing. They're sort of reckless pursuit of technological advancement and. Immanentizing the eschaton is brought upon them, which is what happens in the in the two movies. Is basically everybody dies except for Shinji and Asuka. It's just it's a wild chaotic stuff <laughs> happens. The movie makes sense for about the first half, and then after that, it's just like, what is even happening? <laughs> this was the other cool thing that I wanted to talk about but couldn't remember, but it fits well into the truth bit. So the being that this is kind of peak postmodern art, it's it lends a certain interpretation of Nietzsche, which is a, contrary to what most people attribute to him. It's he's not a nihilist at all, and in fact he's very anti-nihilism, and he's he's mostly responding to Hegel, not I mean not so much Hegel's work itself which has its problems, but sort of the outcome of what Hegel has done. Mm-hmm. So basically, the the long story short, Hegel has this philosophy of history in which there is a necessary movement of history toward the end of perfect freedom. And that's very vague and um, wishy-washy in some cases, but mm. the, gist, the gist is that the the world is moving somewhere and only certain heroic figures are like genuine agents of that movement of freedom and so only a few people are privileged enough 
to participate in real freedom and everyone else is an instrument. Aha. And that's where this human instrumentality thing comes into play. You have one person moving all the instruments, one person behind the whole thing doing stuff. Right. And so the some people interpret the human instrumentality project as like sort of collectivism versus individualism and Shinji's rejection of it means him embracing individuality. But my the way I interpret it is more like embracing we're rejecting we're rejecting instrumentality. It seems obvious, but it it's the most logical thing given the the philosophy behind the whole thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't want to be a pawn in the the workings of history. I want to live my life however I see fit. You know, I don't want to be in relationship sw- with the people around you. Right, swept up into this grand tide narrative. of heroic movement i want to be my own person and live my life around the people i know and to a certain extent it's embracing individuality but it's also not in the way of like but it's not i am me and i am the only thing that matters like a lot of anime you have your protagonist who's the most important thing to ever happen and then they go and save the day and this one he's like how about i just be me How about, how about, yeah. I, I don't want to drive your, my, my mom mobile. I, I want to live my 14-year-old boy life. And all the, you know, it, and even that's not perfect. Like, you still have to deal oh, with yeah. all the messiness and chaos of. But trying to be an isolated individual, you know, to the exclusion of everything else is not a tenable way to achieve that. You'll never be happy that way. It's kind of what he wanted at the beginning of the series. Yeah, it's exactly what he wanted. He's like, leave me alone. I just want to exist and spend all my days doing nothing and just wasting away. That's exactly what he he wanted. But he, he came to realize that living that way is worse than dealing with the feelings that... Mm are coming up as a, a result of his being 14. Any other um, truths from the show? <laughs> There's lots of other stuff, but it mostly involves side characters that we haven't talked about. Sure. The, it kind of boils down to family relationships are important, and when they're done wrong, they are very damaging. It's like they can be the most, like, if, when they're done well and when they're healthy, they're the most uplifting, beautiful thing in your life. And the longest they speech on friendship you've ever heard. When they are the most destructive heard. and awful thing in your life. And there are no good familiar relationships in this show. Uh-huh. They are all devastatingly bad. And basically every character flaw every character in this show has is more or less a result of their parents. Incredibly dysfunctional. So it's there's a lot of inheriting dysfunction from your parents. There is a lot of that. Which is, you know, obviously, like, the most obvious. Um, Shinji, his dad. Yeah, the, he's the most clear example of that. Also, caretaker Mis- lady Sato and her dad. Um, blonde lady and her mom. You know, all mm-hmm. the characters have uh, parental issues. Is How many of them actually managed to, like, 
resolve that. Resolve that or None. move on from that? None of them do? Shinji, maybe. Shinji, depending on he's, your interpretation of the ending. Depending on, yeah. Okay. Shinji, maybe. He's at least starting. I mean, by no means do do you think he's dealt with every emotion he has regarding his dad in and, one I mean, film. Which is, which is realistic. Which is, who yeah, does that's, that? That's real life. You no can one. have breakthroughs, but then you're not going to like whole... Like, just completely, like, overcome that in one fell swoop. There we go. Depression <laughs> cured. That's not how it works. No. <laughs> da, 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 da. So, yeah. Um, goodness. You good? Is there goodness? <laughs> yeah, there's goodness. Okay. It's few and far between, but it's there. Sparse. Pen Pen. Pen Pen is very good. Oh, yeah? Love penguins. I love penguins they're so aerodynamically beautiful <laughs> yeah pen pen is a, a good penguin misato's pet penguin ah. voiced by shirami lee best voice voice actress out there lovely so, so it's a good in penguin. the in the new netflix dub which uh there's a whole story with that oh really yeah they they didn't they lost the rights to the original audio for the netflix release like you do. So they went and made a whole new dub. Wow. I see. So all the original, not all of the original music, but a lot of the original music is not there. Weird. Including the, uh, the opening or is the opening? The opening's there. Okay, good. You got to have the opening. Because, I mean, like from a voiceover it, standpoint, like the audio. And it was all the English dub or was it the, the English dub? Okay. Yes. Strange. Strange. Um, any other, any sort mm, of. For all of her faults, Misato is pretty good she's uh she cares about shinji i mean she's 19 so she's like not well equipped to be a parent yeah. by any means uh-huh. but is parenting shinji and later asuka mm-hmm. as well so it's like handling two mentoring. kids when you're still a kid yourself is not an easy thing to do but she's she's fun and laid back and probably drinks too much beer but yeah is you know because 19 is above the legal drinking age in mm. that country in post-apocalypse you, yeah. you stop caring at that point yep <laughs> everybody's jacked up what's alcohol going to do to change that you know yeah <laughs> there's some not condoning where that obviously shinji's made some friends at school that used to bully him he's like you know found his way into some genuinely good relationships and Hmm. draws strength and support from those guys at school so it's not all gloom it's not all gloom there's a lot of gloom but there's excuse me moments of brightness Hmm. i imagine particularly as the series uh, moves on and the characters develop Mm -hmm. and then just imagine a cat like knocks over an entire china cabinet and that's the ending um knocks uh, over an entire ikea's worth of China cabinets. And like a whole Sherwin-Williams paint store and broken glass. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's a whole lot. Yeah. It's a whole, whole lot. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like double... You can honestly get away with watching just like the last five episodes of the show. For a lot of people, there's like two endings to it, right? Because you have like the end of the show and then technically the movies. Well, there's there's a lot more than two endings. Oh, boy. Ah. so it's a wild thing anyway uh um it there's a lot it's as i say it's it's a whole lot 
The I mean the art. Cruel Angel's Thesis is one of the coolest anime openings ever. Yep. It's particularly when you it's been put it over uh, King of the Hill. <laughs> <laughs> there are a ton of good Cruel's Angels thesis um, edits. Like edits, these. like the Cory in the House one is also great. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a fantastic opening animation and music. And there oh, was yes. that one Aaron Fonseca liked, where it was like the Byzantine Empire for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, the animation is pretty good if for I've, the for, the for production constraints that it dealt with. It's quite good from what mm-hmm. I've seen. Yeah, it <clears throat> seems like higher end of the mid '90s stuff. Yeah. yeah, it still falls into a lot of like moments of silence with like random, like scrolling still images here and there, people staring at each other. But you know that can be used well. Yeah. If, to, to punctuate a story moment or sound design and um yeah the character designs are very unique very 90s yeah the kind of really wide set eyes and pointy noses pointy noses but and, small noses yes it it's very it's very unique it's its own thing mm-hmm. which is always good yeah you don't you don't like samey stuff and you like it to be sh- shaken up a bit um, was it is it a different studio from the people who did Cowboy Bebop in terms of animation? Yes. Okay. It was okay. Studio Gynax that did. Oh, okay. Um, Evangelion. I don't actually know off the top of my head who did Cowboy Bebop. But like, they're definitely of the same era in terms of like. Yeah, certainly. I think aesthetic. Bebop was late eighties, right? No. Or was it early nineties? I thought it was early nineties. Okay. Yeah. Audibly looking up. Mm-hmm. Audibly looking up. Quality content, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, um, you know, double helix credits uh, for some reason, that type of thing. Uh, they Studio use Sunrise. several. Huh? Studio Sunrise. Sunrise. Oh, really? According to Wikipedia. Interesting. I didn't. <clears throat> that's that. who, who does Cowboy right. Bebop? In, right. Yeah. That'd be like the that's like the Japanese equivalent of Studio Bald Eagle or something. You know, like Sunrise being a national symbol. Anyway. 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 <coughs> um, Unity. The music. I'm not done with. Oh Unity. right. Let's go. Unity. The music. It when it's it's not frequent, but when it is used, it is used to great effect. And very impactful. Whenever whenever Oscar fights. <clears throat> There's always like Bach playing in the background because you know hmm. she's German. Sure, sure. So it's like, and it is one of the first things that I've ever seen. The earliest things that like did the music timing to the action thing. Oh sure. So uh, I there's like those, you know, like climactic cymbal clashes in the the end of a concerto or something, and there's like you know, robots cramming together other. and yeah. Hmm. So it's like, yeah, it, it makes really good use of the music that it has. I th- I think it's we don't get enough of like music that synchronizes with synch- the action. Yeah, not really anymore. There was some of that in like uh, Baby Driver and well, like a lot that of was old... like the hallmark of like the there old, was another um, Looney Tunes cartoons and stuff. John Wick did a fair amount of that as well. Mm-hmm. I was asleep for half of those movies. So we'll have to rewatch them when you're awake. <laughs> we we will. Hey you, you're finally awake. Come watch John Wick. <laughs> anyway, 
Uh, any anything else with the beauty on the beauty front? I think that's all I had for uh, for the time being. All right, uh, Unity. What's the unifying? Yeah, what brings everything together? Angst. Yeah, actually, though. Being fourteen. Mm. I'm fourteen, and this is deep. I'm fourteen, and this is deep. As unified as things can be, with it's because yeah, like with Riley said, it's a very postmodern sensibility that went into making this. It's like very artsy and like the modern art kind of way at times. Avant garde, yeah. Avant galleon, <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, the good news is that you won't have to work to find a gun. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to edit one in. Although you could anyway. <laughs> yeah, there's there's multiple moments I could you could work with. Um, all right, is, are we all set then? We all, we all, we're all set. We're all set. Cool beans. Well. Thanks for listening to the Palladium Papists. You can listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And leave us a rating to let us know what you think of the show. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Palapapists. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or complaints, or suggestions for future episodes, or kind of curse gifts, yeah, def- definitely add for a new segment. Email us at... Yeah. <laughs> email us at PalladiumPapists at gmail.com. And we will talk to you again... Bye. Bye. See ya.